Luke 13, 29 and 30. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and the first who will be last. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I cry to you with all my power. Through the veil of Jesus' flesh, from this valley strewn with tears, I can climb up to the mountain of the Father. For he lives to hear the pleas from his children worn and weak, as they come into his presence with their prayers. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? I cry to you with all my power. I can pray in Jesus' name for my will to be the same. For the Father wants to mold me in His image. For He knows what's best for me. If I'm bound or if I'm free, I can come into His presence with my praise. God, can you hear? Can you hear? Can you hear me? God, can you hear me now? I know that God, you will hear, you will hear, you will hear me. You will heal me. You will hold me. across several different questions that are intended for you to be able to ask different people and kind of start a conversation uh, about something to do with faith. And one of those questions has been kind of an interesting thing that I want to share with you um, in, in this video. And the question goes a little something like this. If you were to go out and eat with Jesus, what would he order and what would your conversation be? That's just kind of an interesting thought, really, to think about it. You know, what if you were to sit down and you were to eat with Jesus? You know, I think the particular question was, you know, what type of coffee would he drink? But, you know, I mean, what would he order? What would he drink? What would, you know, how would that conversation go? What would you want to say? What would maybe he want to say? There's so many questions related to that. So as you can see, it is a question that's intended to produce a conversation. So I want you to think about being at the table with Jesus. Now, interestingly enough, there's several times in the Bible whenever this happened. And there's, there's several times that it's even specifically mentioned about being at the table with Jesus and something significant happens at that table. Well, I want to share with you um, a time that it's mentioned about eating and, and drinking with Jesus. And that's from the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 10, this is that passage and this is the story about Cornelius. Cornelius is a very righteous man, and he's, uh, he comes from a, a, a righteous and God-fearing uh, family. Um, but they're not exactly you know, full-fledged Jewish people necessarily. And Peter gets this, uh, this vision, both Cornelius and Peter get a vision, that they're going to come together, and Peter has a message that he's going to say to Cornelius and his household. 
And within this chapter, in Acts chapter 10, we find that Cornelius and his whole household, they believe this message and they do something about it. They have faith in Jesus from this time on. But this is the message that Peter proclaims to him, which is just kind of an interesting thing to consider here. In Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who are under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So now, in this passage, I want you to, to pay attention to several things. Uh, for starters, part of this message, of course, uh, we get in verse 39 and 40 that, well, this is part of the message about what happened to Jesus. Um, these people, they killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead. You see that contrast of what humans did versus what God did whenever it came to Jesus. But at the heart of this message, we see that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. That's stated in verse 36. There's so many things that's mentioned here to these people because Peter is recognizing that kind of his own little bubble of people that he thought were kind of the in crowd whenever it comes to God. It's a much bigger crowd than that. And Peter is being expanded. He's being pushed beyond what he thought were the boundaries of God. And he's recognizing just how big our God truly is. Now, we notice some things about this message that's mentioned right here. Notice that it's called, um, here if you, if you follow along in verse 36, you find out that they were announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. This is the good news of peace. So you see peace being at the heart of these things. And, and these are, are uh, these three things that, that we see here brought out in the text are three things that I want you to pay attention to uh, throughout the rest of this lesson, okay? So peace is one of those. Now, if we also kind of keep following, one of the things that we'll notice is in verse 42 uh, that God appointed Jesus as the judge of the living and the dead. So we see a message of peace. We see that Jesus is a judge or something to do with judgment. And then finally in verse 43, we see that forgiveness of sins is mentioned. And all these things happen through Jesus. They're connected with Jesus. Uh, in fact, we see that Jesus is connected with the, it's the good news of peace through Jesus Christ. We see forgiveness of sins through his name. We also see that he is the judge. So all these are focused around Jesus Christ. Peace, we see that. We also see here, a judge or judgment, and we see forgiveness of sins. Those three things are the three things that I want you to pay attention to as we notice these conversations that people had with Jesus. 
Now, these conversations that we're going to be looking at are actually conversations that Jesus had after he was raised from the dead. So, the first meal after the resurrection comes to us in Luke chapter 24. Actually, the first two meals we're going to see, they both come from Luke chapter 24. And here in this first meal, and by the way, I don't know that this is actually the first meal that Jesus had after he raised from the dead. It's just the first one that we have uh, that is recorded. And it's the first one that we are going to be taking a look at um, here together. And as we look at this first meal, notice that Jesus has been raised from the dead. And there's some interesting things that I think this kind of states about Jesus and about that resurrection body that he has. Now, I believe that the scriptures are pretty clear that Jesus raised it from the dead, never to die again, and he promised that we can receive that same type of res resurrection, that we will one day be raised from the dead, never to die again as well. And we also notice that there's some things that are different about his, his body after he's raised it from the dead uh, compared to, to before he was raised from the dead. So these conversations that we have, it's amazing that he is still eating and drinking with people. He's still having this fellowship. But you notice that that was one of the things that was mentioned about uh, the witnesses from Acts chapter 10. The ones who were witnesses were not just kind of chosen just randomly. They were the ones that were chosen specifically there. We saw that they were the ones who ate and who drank with Jesus. I forgot to specifically kind of mention that in that, the text before. Uh, something happened to my underlining whenever I uh, go to record. It, it just didn't show up. Um, I was supposed to have that underlined so it would draw our attention to it. But part of that was the eyewitnesses were the ones who ate and who drank with Jesus. This was a big deal that's mentioned in the scriptures. So let's take a look at this first meal, uh, this, uh, this first occasion that we see. Luke chapter 24. Verses 28 through 35. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going a little farther. Now, this is on the road to Emmaus, if you remember. And you see that there's a couple of disciples. They're having this conversation with Jesus. They're telling him about all the things that, well, Jesus has done. They don't recognize as him. So he's acting like he's going to go on a little bit farther. Verse 29. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while, we, while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke bread. <clears throat> so in this occasion right here, we see a few things that's mentioned. This was at the table with Jesus. In verse 30, they had been kind of their eyes had been blinded to, to uh, his identity as who he was. But at that moment, whenever he takes this bread, he gives thanks and then he breaks it. Whenever he begins to give it to them, their eyes are open in verse 31. They recognize him. Now, interestingly enough, when they recognize him and whenever they have that moment, he disappears. But yet they still had that moment. They still recognized him. And they, they mention it. They're like, well, of course, this all makes sense now. So when you have a conversation with Jesus, when you have a meal with Jesus, I guess you could say revelation happens. Now, notice again those three things that are kind of mentioned as part of this, this conversation. Peace, judgment, or a judge, 
and forgiveness. Well, notice that's like everything that they're, that they're describing right here. <clears throat> they're recognizing that their hope is found in Jesus. This peace that he is bringing, this, everything has changed now because the scriptures, they're, they're true. We uh, are, are living proof of that. They're, they're recognizing those things right there in their midst whenever he breaks that bread and whenever he gives it to them. Now, if this were the only meal that Jesus shared with people, it would be pretty amazing. But it's not just this meal. Jesus has other meals with other people too who go on to become eyewitnesses. The second meal after the resurrection. Still in the same chapter, but in the next few verses, we're going to be looking at verses 36 through 49. Now here we see another meal that takes place. These are going to be a little bit more uh, recognized by um, us as to, to who these characters are that are mentioned. Verses 36 through 45 at first. <clears throat> this is Jesus among his disciples. Now this is that time whenever he comes in uh, among them and they're you know kind of surprised and amazed and everything. Notice the three things we're supposed to remember. Remember peace, a judge, and forgiveness. Notice that here in this passage. Luke chapter 24 verses 36 through 45. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. They were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of the joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. Now, this passage so far might seem pretty familiar to you. That's because we just looked at it. Uh, I believe it was even last week that we looked at this passage. And perhaps we've also looked at it kind of recently too. But we're going to go even beyond this. But this is another meal. So we're, we're looking at it here. And it was an important meal that he had. It's a meal that... Peace is specifically mentioned right here, but we also notice that kind of part of his, his way of showing that he really has risen from the dead, that things really are different, that things are going to be changing for them too, is he says, look, I've got flesh and I've got bones. He says that in verse 39. Then he asks the question in verse 41, do you have anything here to eat? That's, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? And, you know, also you, you kind of wonder, Okay, so did he just come from that other table and, you know, technically in that other that other meal, he blessed the food, but then he left. So it, maybe he hasn't eaten yet. But whatever the case, he's right here. He's asking, do you have anything to eat? What are they going to do? They're going to give him what they have. They gave him a piece of broiled fish in verse 42. And then in verse 43, we see that he ate it in their presence. It's to show that he really has risen from the dead. Everything that was written about him in the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, they were true. They were happening right here, right now. These people were going to be witnesses of the very things that they were living. That's why we have a, a written record of it uh, today. And that's why we're even talking about these things some 2,000 years after they happened. But Jesus sharing this meal, it was a very important meal. One in which peace was openly proclaimed. 
But I said there's a little bit more. We're going to go beyond this in the next few verses as well. In verses 46 through 49, he continues on with the conversations. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. He tells them here that they are going to be witnesses of these things. What are they going to be witnesses of? They're going to be witnesses of the fact that not only did the Messiah, did Jesus Christ rise up from the dead on the third day, just as he had told them in verse 46, but we also see in verse 47, repentance and forgiveness of sins is going to be proclaimed starting in Jerusalem. They're witnesses of those things. In fact, some of those very men are going to be the ones who are preaching these things, preaching the forgiveness of sins, preaching about Jesus and what he has done and how it changes everything. The meals that Jesus has after he was raised from the dead, they are very personal, they are very important. And he's sending out each of those people on a mission to proclaim this bold message about Jesus, this gospel of peace. There's still a third meal that we're going to be looking at after the resurrection. Now we're going to switch gospels because John is the only one that gives us this record. In fact, it's kind of funny because John seems to almost end his his gospel in chapter 20. Because, you know, it, it, if John had ended in chapter 20, it would be a pretty good ending. But then it's almost like he's just got a little bit more he wants to tell you. And one of the things that he tells us is something, it's, it's an amazing story that we read about Jesus after he is raised up from the dead. There's a meal that he has uh, with his disciples this time. Notice this one. John chapter 21, verses 4 through 14. This is after Jesus has already risen up from the dead, okay? Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat and towing the net full of fish for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning, uh, of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When you look at this story, there's so many amazing things about it, which interestingly enough, you know, uh, the meals that Jesus tends to have would be fish and bread, you know. So uh, I guess if I were to answer that question as to uh, if I were to sit down with Jesus and have a meal, what would he order? Um, probably fish. I'm just saying because that's what he tended to have. And maybe he'd have a fish sandwich because you'd have the bread and the fish. I, I don't know. Maybe you'd have breaded fish. Here, what he's having, um, it's a, we see that 
he's already got fish that's burning on the coals. Like, did you notice that part of the story? You see that in order for them to actually cook the fish and everything, it would take a, you know, a little bit of a time. And he still tells them to bring the fish that they've just caught in verse 10. But what do they see whenever they get on shore? Well, whenever they see him and they, they land on shore in verse 9, they already see a fire that's burning. And it's already got fish on it. It's already got bread on it. He's already got some breakfast started. But then he still invites them to bring what they have just caught. I think there's a few things that we kind of see here. I don't know if this is exactly what's intended by these details uh, on being told to us, but it seems that you know Jesus didn't really have to have them in order to uh, to be able to you know have food. He wasn't dependent upon them, but because he already had fish on it. But yet he still did invite them to bring their own efforts, what what they have just done, and to combine it with what he had already done. I think in many ways you can maybe see a little bit of a parable, I guess, with us and God and our relationship with us and, and Jesus and us and, and God. And that is, God doesn't need to have us, you know, bring wh whatever we might have, however little or, or much it might be. But yet he still invites us to do that. Because whenever we bring what we have and combine it with what he already has freely given to all of us, then we have something of substance. Then we have a meal. Then we can have fellowship. And it's important for us to be able to bring some of the fish that we've just caught, some of the things that, that we have done, that we have labored for, that we have worked with, and to combine them with what God has done. So here in this meal, we see he invites them to have breakfast with him. And they have breakfast together on this day. And there's another miracle that's mentioned right here. The fact that they even caught those fish, that, that's a pretty miraculous thing because it's been a pretty bad night for fishing. You know, what's interesting about this is it kind of sounds a little familiar because this same type of thing has already happened before with the disciples and Jesus. I, I think that that's kind of why Jesus did this again. He was kind of reminding them that he is the same. There's some things that are different. So it's a different story. It's a different occasion. But yet there's also some things that are similar things that are familiar to us because Jesus is is wanting them to move forward from this time, wanting them to share this meal, share this fellowship. And notice about, once again, did you notice any peace, judgment, and forgiveness that's mentioned right here? Well, there is a conversation that happens right after this meal. And that, I think, is whenever we really get into the judgment and the forgiveness that's mentioned. So after the meal, another conversation. John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now remember, this is Simon Peter, the same guy who denied knowing Jesus three times while Jesus was going through the, the, the trial. So Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. 
Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Here we see the judge. And here we also see forgiveness. And we see those two things that, you know, you might not always think about the judge and forgiveness being combined. But with our judge, with the judge of all, the living and the dead, we see judgment and forgiveness are combined together. Because that is the nature of Jesus. That is the nature of our God. We see that just as Simon denied knowing our Lord three times, our Lord repeated this question three times, do you love me? And every time the answer was, yes, I do love you. That's what was something that was probably a very deeply uh, needed conversation for Simon to have. Because this is, is the type of conversation you have whenever you share a meal with someone. And the statement that Jesus ends with, he tells him to follow me. Because that's still so important with Simon Peter and all the others is that they still need to be following Jesus. Yes, Jesus has conquered his own death, but in many ways, that's just kind of a new beginning to it all. Because now they need to go out and boldly proclaim this message throughout the whole world. They need to follow Jesus and teach other people to follow Jesus as well. And guess what? It's the same thing that has been extended to each and every single one of us, to follow Jesus. Now, going back to that initial question, at the table with Jesus, I hope you do recognize that every time we gather together as the, as the Lord's people, every time we take a communion or the Lord's Supper, whichever you, you prefer to call it, we are sharing a meal with our Lord. So, thinking that thought about at the table with Jesus, you have a meal with Jesus at least every single week. And perhaps there can be maybe even another meal that you might want to have uh, with, with Jesus throughout this week, uh, you know, on your own. So what type of conversation would you want to have with Jesus? Because Jesus has already revealed a whole lot of things to us. He's already uh, definitely uh, been longing to teach us, longing to, to guide us and to follow him. And that's, that's kind of the message that he leaves us with, is to follow him. And to teach other people to do the same. Can we maybe share a meal with, maybe not Jesus this week, but maybe we could share a meal with somebody else and teach them some of these things that our Lord taught surrounding the fellowship that takes place with a meal. Help me, dear Lord, as I journey below. More of thy wisdom and sweetness to know. Help me to Yeah.